0: Whether you're enjoying your winter and getting out on the ski slopes and really making the most of the snow, or going stir crazy because you can't run very well outside, we should all try to make the most of this off-season or winter season or transition season or whatever you want to call it if we want to run again next year. That doesn't mean you need to spend all your time running this winter, in fact some of the best Trail runners in the world don't run a lot in their off-season, relatively speaking. But if you want to have your best season next year, we should start thinking about that right now and then make the most of this off-season so you can come into the next year guns a-blazing and ready to go. And that's what I'm going to talk about here, how to make the most out of this winter season. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Frantz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. Thank you for bearing with me over the past few weeks of what has been chaos in my life. We'll get to that a little bit later. Today, let's talk about getting the most of your off-season or transition season, or whatever you want to call it. I like to call it an off-season, partially because I think a lot of people should kind of take a break. If you're training for something like an ultra, unless you don't want to do other stuff, then maybe you should take it a little bit off. It doesn't mean completely off, but it doesn't mean your entire focus needs to be running during this season either. So that could be, let's talk about that first. If you want to take a break, if you need a pause to, you know, keep your sanity or do other things or prioritize other stuff in your life, then you should do that. A lot of high-end training advice comes from those for whom running is like a large portion of their life. Either they make money through coaching or they make money through doing it. And if that's you, that's fantastic. If you want to run every day forever, that's awesome. Um, but that's not most of us, so if you need a break, take a break. We should accept that and talk about other ways to use your off-season so that at the very least you don't lose everything you've done over the past year, right? So some of the better trail runners on the planet don't run that much in the winter, for being real. A lot of the Europeans spend the majority of their winter Doing stuff like schemo or mountaineering or other other stuff that does benefit them from a running perspective, from an ultra perspective, but it's not necessarily running. So we can do other stuff that doesn't necessarily require you to run every day through the winter. They do still run, but it's just enough to maintain whatever mechanical efficiency they've developed. This is not true, on the other end, for people like Kipchoge or people winning a lot of dollars from big marathons. They take their time off um, post-marathon, but they're not taking months off in the winter. And I would bet that Kipchoge's not listening to this, so it doesn't really apply to him. Most of us listening to this should consider a break if you want it. It's okay. Now, that does not mean that we should stop moving. If you've been training off and on, even if it's been off and on for the past six, nine, twelve months, you don't want to lose what you've built unless you don't have any intention of doing this any more. We know that running and other aerobic sports get better over time. That aerobic engine has a very, very long head to it. So if you stop training, just bluntly, and then you don't do anything for six months, when you come back to it, you're going to have a very rude awakening, and you're basically going to have to rebuild your aerobic base, unless you were running from high school until, you know, late 20s, and then you took a couple years off and came back to it. You're going to have a lot of that benefit if that's kind of your time off. But even then, we'd probably do better to maintain. So you'll lose a little, and that's okay it'll come back quickly and we can kind of prioritize what you lose, but we want to try and maintain what you have to some degree. And part of that is it just takes a lot less work to maintain than it did to build. If you're peaking 10-15 hours for a 100 miler, you don't need near that much to maintain your work. You need about a third, a fifth on average of the volume it took to build to maintain. And so if we can add, I don't know, if you're running 10 hours a week, that would be 3. Um, and all of that doesn't have to be running. So might even be as little as 2. So if we can do a bunch of maintenance work, then we'll see a lot of progress. One of the ways that we can maximize that is going to be to spread it out. So we know that frequency plays a huge role in aerobic development. And this is why streaks work so well for people, and I'm going to be trying to do something like that over the next couple of months, except without throwing myself into an obsessive hole that I know a streak would. So in addition to trying to maintain, we also want to work the stuff that you cannot work in season. So if you want to get strong, or you need to build some muscle mass, or you need to build some strength through your central nervous system, now is the time. Because if we're looking at something like heavy back squats or he- heavy uh, Bulgarians or heavy deadlifts, doing that in addition to multiple running sessions per week, some of them being track workouts, and then extra, we'll call it stuff, to use uh, Steve Magnus's term, um, in our long runs, then you're going to push injury. So now that running volume is lower, we can... Focus a little more on some of the strength stuff, And that's actually what I'm doing right now. But we should, this is the time to push heavy. If you need to build that low rep, heavy weight, central nervous system, pure strength adaptation, whatever you want to call it, now is the time. And don't be dumb. Don't get hurt. But we can do movements that are difficult enough to limit you to like the two to six rep range depending on how experienced you are and that's not all you have to do but that'd be a good focus for now. That's actually what I did today. Some very heavy lifting for me. It's nothing compared to like what my giant of a boss does, right? And Like it's all relative. But some very heavy lifting for me and that's what I'm gonna be doing over the next five weeks. because I'm extending it from my usual four because I'm traveling for the holidays so we can add some other stuff Um, we can combine rep schemes you can get some of the lower rep stuff like I have given in free programs but we really want to lift with intent and the intent here for the heavy stuff is to like move the weight and move it strongly right if we look at some of the programs out there for runners like um, David Roche's mountain legs great And it is, if you do it the way it's programmed, where you basically go till you can't do it well anymore, you're going to build a little bit of muscle mass on that, and you're going to build some strength endurance. But we're not going to push that heavy central nervous system adaptation. And unless you are running a lot of mountains and bombing downhills, we're not getting that heavy push for our leg muscles. So... While some of these shorter programs are very appropriate for those who run very high volumes year-round or in season, it's not as appropriate in the off-season or for those of us who just don't put in 60 miles per week. Or, running aside, if you have physique targets, like say you want to build muscles that you don't have, or you just want more general muscle mass for health reasons, as Dr. Peter Atia says, no 90-year-old has ever wanted less muscle mass, then we need to spend a little bit of time throughout our year building that so that we can, likewise to what I was saying before about running, maintain that strength. And now your off-season is the time to do that. And this leads into working your deficiencies. And for some of us, that might be strength. This could also be power- speed or how even nutrition or form right this is where we can make a lot of these adjustments and try to build up what we just aren't naturally all that good at doing so if strength is a big deficiency for you then now might be a good time to do that if you need to do some power work now's a great time to do that so in addition to some aerobic maintenance we might add more hill sprints Or if you're in a place that has a bunch of snow and you can get out there and do something like Schemo or earn your turns where you um, backcountry ski, you hike up and then you ski down, this would be a great way to get that power development and that uphill work, okay? And this could also be a great time if you've been struggling with some running form things that don't make sense to fix in season because they just don't matter all that much. So, arm swing is a really good example. I've said in the past, like, they've done studies where you could tape your arms to the top of your head and we end up only being, like, 10% less efficient with than compared to, like, a very good arm swing pattern. So if your arm swing is something, like, here, and that's, like, if we're gonna call that perfect, and you have this, like, mild crossover of a few degrees, putting a lot of focus on that in season just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But now would be a great time to fix that, and there are devices out there, we can, like, use bands to kind of strap you to the poles of the treadmill, like, there's a bunch of ways to hack that, if you care. Um, A lot of the time, it's also just weak rear delts for for looking at arm swing because we're all kind of rounded forward from being at computers like I am right now. And if we strengthen our back a little bit, we open up a little more. And that could be part of the problem as well. But this would be a great time to fix some of the less important form things. Now, if you're in season and your cadence is 145, and you're overstriding, we need to fix that immediately because you're going to get hurt. But out of season is where we'd fix things like arm swing or maybe heel whip or whatever have you, right? Like this would be the time to do that. Now, this is also a great time to lose body fat if that's a thing that's a target for you. I Realize this is a sensitive topic and I'm going to probably go into the and I'm going to go into this in a little bit more depth in a minute, but you're allowed to want to lose body fat if you want to, but you don't have to to be a better runner. And we can accept both of those things as true. So if you're obese, that's great. Running can help that. If you're not obese, then losing those extra, whatever, 10 pounds of body fat, then you're going to need to focus more on strength and diet. You can still run, but I'm going to just read you something I sent to a client the other day. And you're trying to build if we're looking at losing body fat and strength and how much you can run while going through all that, I'm going to read what I sent to him. You're trying to build a baseline metabolism. Whatever you do right now on the cardio side is what, more or less what you'll have to do to maintain the body you get. So if you want to have a base mileage of 20 miles per week, great. If it's 10, great. If it's 50, that's great. But if you do a lot more, Than is sustainable in the long term, you will see fat increase as soon as you back off that mileage or shortly thereafter. So you can do whatever you want as long as it's long-term sustainable. For me, that would be somewhere in the 10 to 20 mile range. For some ultra runners, it's 60 to 70. For Andy Glaze, it's 100, right? And we all have that baseline that is sustainable. It doesn't need to be sustainable until you're 90. But it should be sustainable for, I don't know, call it a decade. Put a decade in your head and that will help you at least head the right direction. If you want to lose some body fat, we can use some cardio to, like, set a baseline. But the main focus should be working on diet and building strength. And the reason is if you just try to run it off, you are going to end up losing a lot of muscle mass in addition to that body fat. Whereas if we train like we're trying to build muscle, even though you probably won't because you're in deficit, if you're training like you're trying to build muscle, you will maintain a lot of the muscle you have as you lose body fat. This would also be a great time, on that note, to tidy up your diet a little bit. If you want to reduce baseline sugar or whatever have you, uh, swap out carbohydrates for other carbohydrates, now's the time is not the time during your like final weeks of ultramarathon prep. That is when you need sugar, because you're running a lot, like a whole lot. And whether you've done metabolic efficiency stuff or not, you're still gonna use a bunch of it if you're doing speed work. If you wanna reduce some carbohydrates, a time when you're not doing a lot of speed work is great. You lift, you eat carbs around your lift, you might maybe eat more at night to reduce cortisol, and then just eat less at other times. We're not going low carb, because that is a meaningless, unhelpful term, especially when we apply it to athletes. Ranted on this in the past, like if it means keto, then for many ultra runners, low carb could be 100 plus grams per day, whereas for the average population, it's closer to like 20. So low carb is nonsense. But this could be a time to reduce and set yourself up at a baseline diet that is a little more micronutrient heavy, protein heavy, and Full of the stuff that we all know is healthy, for lack of a better term. Now, if we're going to like look at target of fat loss, like that is actually one of my main ones. One, I want to build some muscle mass back. I lost a lot of upper body muscle in the past year in training for an ultra. I had priorities and I had to make trade-offs just like I say all the time. I, you know, tried my hardest to follow my own advice. Now, I don't think fat's inherently bad. We've talked about this before at least two or three times um, in depth, but there are multiple kinds of fat. There's subcutaneous fat, the stuff you can grab, and then there's visceral fat. And visceral fat is the stuff that tends to lead to health problems. The visceral fat is the stuff around your organs. If you hear about fatty liver disease, that is visceral fat. Now, you'll lose visceral fat first most of the time if you eat slightly differently and train a little more and just get healthier. So you can be healthy and still carry a lot of subcutaneous fat. Some of it's just genetic. If we look at Polynesians or the Maori, The Rock's a bad example because he's, you know, paid to look like that, but most of the people from that culture are heavier. They carry more body fat, and it's not a health thing for me. I'm far healthier at 20% than the bodybuilders who rest at 5. But I also have body image stuff, man, like a lot of us do. I was a fat teenager, I got made fun of a lot, I dieted hard in my teens and 20s, and I just don't have a good body image. and. I don't know what other people see when they look at me. All I know is what I see and I don't like it. So the hardest thing about training for an ultra, for me, it wasn't the hours of running or the discipline or the isolation, like all of that stuff I have done before. It was allowing myself to eat enough to put on a good amount of body fat. 10 years ago, like five, uh, I would have watched what was happening to my midsection and immediately stopped eating and continued training how I was training and I would have gotten injured the next day. And I am proud that I've gained some fat. It has shown like an immense amount of emotional growth on my end. But like, I also recognize I'm not fat. Like I take body scans of people with far higher body fat percentages than mine and I think they look fine. Great, actually, some of them, and a lot of them I think look better than me. Because again, body dysmorphia is hard. I have no idea what I look like, and I only see the flaws, and then despite all the work I've done, I struggle with that. And I, in some ways, this helps me relate to (laughs) some people better. Um... There's a couple people at the gym who struggle with the same stuff. I have a client who struggles with this stuff, and she and I agree that neither of us have ever really thought we'd be in the place to weigh ourselves regularly and add body fat and take care of ourselves in a way that like leads to better performance. But, it said, I have the time and like the ability now to lose some of that while still maintaining my aerobic work and getting stronger, and that's what I'm gonna do. So, that is a big progression. So, if now is a time for you that you wanna lose body fat and change body image, great timing. So, I think if we're looking at your off season, you wanna do a couple things. You wanna maintain most of what you've built, you want to also really prioritize the things that you want to really keep. We should focus on the things that are hard to get back or hard to build in the off season. So this would be things like strength and an aerobic, a high aerobic function. Because if you lose your aerobic function, you are going to need to spend months rebuilding it. And that sucks. And you can do this low level consistent zone one, zone two, low level zone three work if we're looking at a five zone heart model while also lifting heavy. Now, you are probably gonna lose some of your VO2 max, and you can get that back up in a couple weeks once we get back to season, especially if you just occasionally do some like high-end strides or 30 on, 30 off on a day you're not lifting much, right? So we can maintain that even a little bit, but you don't really have to do that much at all, and you can build that back at the very early parts of the season. Critical velocity also comes back pretty quickly and that also has a lot to do with running efficiency and form and um, power and strength. So by getting stronger you might even see an improvement in that without even working on it. The four focuses of any endurance program that you're going to see are going to be aerobic base so run a lot and run often. Um, Power development, this is what hills do, this is what strides do, this is what a lot of strength work does especially if it includes things like box, jump, box jumps and whatever. And then form. We all talk about form. People have made their entire careers talking about running form. And this is a great thing for you to work on now and at the very least not lose. So if you want to spend most of your time in the mountain on skis, great. Occasionally run so that you don't lose your running form and your mechanical efficiency you've spent so much time building. Just like we talk about if you think you're going to hike a lot during your ultra, you should practice hiking. Same thing here, (laughs) if you are going to run in the relatively near future, then we should continue to occasionally practice running. And then lactate work, where we're working on using lactate as fuel and just like getting some of that threshold time. And you can get two of those four things without running at all aerobic base work is not dependent on your running form. Yes, it'll be a little more relevant if you build your aerobic base running, if your primary focus is running, but you can build a massive aerobic base from alpinism and schemo and uh, backcountry skiing and biking and elliptical and whatever. It's just aerobic, fun, aerobic work, cardio, to use the term that's really frustrating. Um, the stair stepper, right? Like we could list infinite things that are going to work that aerobic base. And then if we look at threshold work, which is basically your processing of lactate, then you don't need to do that (laughs) running either. Um, Again, it's a little better if running's your primary focus, but we just need to throw you into that low zone three heart rate and your body will learn to practice lactate or process lactate better. And how you know you're there, because we know that heart rate monitors can be difficult depending on the person. So unless you want to go get tested, it's hard. But if you're running and you can speak a good full sentence, but not all that much more, like I can still say this sentence easily. If you can say that phrase, then you're probably somewhere in the threshold space. If you say that phrase and immediately start gasping, you're too high. But we can include a bunch of this lactate threshold work as well. It doesn't need to be super hard. Lactate threshold is often like upper zone 3, lower zone 4 from a heart rate, whatever. But you're going to get a lot of benefit from this low level zone 3 work. We know that from the Norwegians. They do it all the time. And that is how they're crushing all of the sports in the Olympics. So aerobic base and lactate work don't need to be done running. You can do whatever you want to work on those. Power development also doesn't need to be done running. We can do plyometrics and lift heavy. Occasionally, you probably should put that to use while running so that you get that transfer, but not a biggie, and then form. And that's the thing you can't really do much else, right? Like you have to run a little bit. So if we're gonna talk about form and form maintenance and form building, you want to include a few hours per week of aerobic work and then you want to include some frequency of running and that really could be 10 to 15 minutes every day and that's a lot what my running is going to look like for the next couple months. I'm going to do probably a good amount of aerobic work on things like a stair stepper because I'm terrible at hills. I really want to get better at that. I'm going to do a good amount of lactate work on the stair stepper. It's also really easy to get my heart rate up because I'm terrible at hills. And then to keep my form and to keep running better, I'm going to try to run six days a week, but for like 10 minutes. I did it today at the end of my workday and it was super simple. So that is a, a way you could phrase that. So I'm lifting three times a week, trying to run every day for, I don't know, even five would count, but ten minutes, and then some other higher aerobic stuff, and that might be getting backcountry on skis, it might be running, it might be stair work, whatever you have access to. I can tell you right now, it's not going to be running outside right, because at the moment it was like five degrees today, but that'll get better. So spend some time on your deficiencies, maintain the stuff you really don't want to lose, and spend some time on things that you don't want to do or like don't need to do or that you need to do and like that don't pair well with an ultra training program. So stuff you want to do or need to do that doesn't pay where, p- pair well with your training program. That's the kind of stuff we do now. And then just maintain the other stuff. So that's it for how to make the most of your off season without, you know, treating running like a job. Cause for most of it, it's not, it is, uh, thank you for sticking around. I'm sorry it's been a few weeks. It has been, bluntly, a rough year. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, my girlfriend and I, four years, broke up back in the spring. I moved, got a new job. Uh, I moved, like, I learned a ton at that job, but it didn't pay very well. I got in some stuff with my roommate, and I chose to move again. So, it has just been a year, and I'm very happy to be where I am now. I have a very good job, and I like coaching all of you. And this new place I'm in, my roommate and I get along very well, and her dog is delightful. But it has been at the end of a long nine months. So thank you to everyone who has stuck around and hung on and joined during that time. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And next week, I'm going to be announcing a gift as, you know, to celebrate that and my first ultra and just getting through this year. So that announcement will be coming Monday. I'll post it first in the, in the group into the email list because y'all are great. So thank you very much. I'm going to get out of here and I will talk to y'all next week sometime after I get back from going home for Christmas. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.